Welcome everybody to the Minimap Cast. This is your weekly source of gaming news, questions, and impressions from minimap.com.au. My name is Kerry Palmer. Joining uh, me as always is Jeremy Bratitich. Hello. I'm coming to you live with a fresh, brand new microphone. Uh, I hope it sounds good. Is the first time you record with this? First time I've recorded with this, yeah. Fun. Yeah, I haven't got it. I haven't... I haven't... uh, I haven't had it for that long. It, it's um, it's funny because I got this because I did that Halo video on IGN, right? That everything we know. And I was like, oh, you know, I just want my video to be, I, I just want my audio, my microphone quality to be just a little bit better. And, um, and I've been, <laughs> I might be doing some re-edits on that video. And because I'll be using some of my old audio as well, I'll have to use my old microphone for that one to make <laughs> to make it fit in. <laughs> Can't you just like ADR over your old audio with your new mic? Or it's is a ten it minute worth? video. <laughs> I'd have to re-edit the entire thing. <laughs> yeah, you'll be right. Anyway, uh, how are you, Jeremy? Uh, I I am well. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. That's about it. Yep. Fair enough. <laughs> I'm here and well. I'm also My brain well. is big. Your brain is big. <clears throat> yes. My I brain mean, is as, big as always, right? My brain is big and old. <laughs> why? Why would you mention that? <laughs> My brain is big and old. <laughs> okay. All right. You know, no judgment. We all have different sized brains of of we'll different shapes and ages. That's we'll get that's there. all. You know. I, 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 good luck to you and your brain. Thank um, you. If you aren't aware, weren't, 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 if you weren't aware, if you weren't aware, this is uh, the podcast from minimap.com.au. It's that, that's our website for uh, gaming content that we create. Uh, occasionally, the written word, this podcast, a couple of other podcasts we make, like a game club and also a kissability pop culture ranking podcast, which is excellent fun, uh, called The Pecking Order. Uh, you can find all of those things on minimap.com.au on podcast services of your choice. Um if you want to support us doing that, doing this, doing Minimap, uh, you can do that a couple of ways. You can uh, rate this podcast, any of our podcasts, uh, with a positive rating on your service of choice, or you can also uh, go to patreon.com slash minimapau to support us monetarily, um, if you feel so inclined. Uh, also wanted to thank uh, Shook for letting us use the Moog Model D Improv from their YouTube channel for the music for the Minimap cast. Uh, you can listen to more of Shook's music at shook.bandcamp.com. Uh, do we have a release date on that new album yet? Uh, I think the, I think digitally it's out. Um, oh. it's out. It's out on Spotify now. Um, uh, I've seen photos of what the pressing looks like. Um, so that's exciting for me because I I'm getting that. But yeah, I'm pretty sure the album's just out now. Excellent. I'm. I'm I, gonna, think all, I think all the songs are out. I wanna I wanna listen to that, especially because they've been such a gracious supporter of the of the show uh, with the music. Um, also, they're funky as fuck. Well, that's the thing, right? It's good. <laughs> uh, so with with that, it's it's going to be a bit of a weirder episode. Uh, Jeremy and I have both been quite busy and uh, have not played too much more than what we normally have. Um, next week, uh, June's going to be around next Monday. So, you know, we're going to have a, a full thing, a, a full episode with the question corner and all of that and what we've all been playing. Might rehash some of what we missed in those episodes a couple of episodes ago that we haven't um, been able to re-edit yet. Uh, but yeah, for this week, it's just going to be a bit of a check-in, and then we'll jump into some uh, uh, some really disappointing 
news that uh, is pertinent to talk about for our audience, I think. Um, Jeremy, why were you so excited and why did you order brain training on the Switch? So, this is why my brain is big and old. Uh, um, so, brain training actually goes back a fair bit, <laughs> interestingly. Um, when the D when 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 the DS Lite came out, oh um, there was a commercial that was going around. Because, like you know, the the DS Lite, you know, the big games for at the time were like Nintendogs, Brain Training, and like I don't even think Mario sixty four was out at that point. It was that like was a launch game. Thank you very much. Was it a launch game? Goodness sure gracious. was. Um, you wouldn't remember because you weren't you weren't alive then when the DS came shut out. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up, clear voice. Um, the yeah, so um, there was ads, and this is back when Nintendo, this is you know pre the Wii, but like you know this is when Nintendo was really getting into like, hey, let's market towards like everybody, um, which is what brain training was. Brain training was like the game for like the adults, or rather like the people who might not have played games. Um, and so that was the reason we bought a DS was because Mum wanted to play brain training, um, and it came with Nintendogs. Um, which I got Dalmatian and friends. How good is um, Nintendogs? Real good, real good. You got Dal- um, you got it late. If you got the Dalmatian and friends, that was like a, that was like, because they came out with like three, and then Dalmatian was like that was like four or five. Like they came out with those like a year or two later. M- maybe it was Labrador. I don't I don't exactly remember which one it was. I know I had a Labrador, but I know you didn't have to choose what dog you got on the cover. No, um, you didn't. It just it had that one to choose from. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, anyway, that's beside the point. My Labrador was named Lucky and had a Luigi hat. Um, <laughs> Lucky Luigi. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So we got it. We got a DS, um, and Mum played Brain Training in between me playing Nintendogs, because um, I didn't actually have any other games for about a year <laughs> <laughs> after that, um, until I got probably Mystery Dungeon was maybe like my third game or something. Um, uh, but yeah, so like, you know, when I didn't feel like playing Nintendogs, I would just play Brain Training. Um, and mum and I had an account um, and we would race to... S- so so the way Brain Training works is you do a bunch of like little mini games that apparently flex different parts of the brain muscles. Um, and uh, then they give you, based on your score and your time, um, like you the, the age of your brain um, with 80 being the lowest score and 20 being the youngest score as in 80 years old or 20 years old. Um, and so whenever anybody plays this game for the first time, you always get 80 because you're crap at the games. Um, <laughs> and I'm not used to how it works, which is hilarious. And so you, it, you it's like, like all those mobile game down. ads you get these days where it's like, oh, your brain is 65 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so you, you whittle your way down um, to 20 years old. Um, but inside of brain training was a mini game, a a hidden mini game. Which um, whenever you clicked on it, uh, the 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 doctor, the the, the 3D polygonal doctor inside of the game, who I believe is a real doctor um, in real life, um, said, uh, "This is not part of brain training. This is this is more of a relaxation game. Um, good to play after you've completed your daily brain training for the day." Um, 
that game is a, is inside inside of brain training. It is called Germ Buster. Um, however, it is more colloquially colloquially known as Doctor Mario. Um, <laughs> and it was the only Doctor Mario game on the DS. Um, and also my first exposure to Doctor Mario. Uh, let me tell you, my mother and I were at each other's throats trying to beat each other's scores. Oh we God, so played good. this for ages and ages and ages and ages and ages. We get like 60 levels, you get three pills at once and it's, it's real quick and so many germs. Oh my God, it was so difficult. Mum's always better than me, but I'll never tell her that. Um, and so, yeah, so like we used to just play that all the time to the point where we stopped doing all of the brain training games and all we'd ever do was play fucking Dr. Mario inside of... Um, the brain training game on the DS. And it was really good um, because Dr. Mario previously was with like a control, like a controller um, with buttons, but this was like with a touchpad um, and a stylus, uh, which was like, that is the, that is the way to play that game. So then uh, two years ago or 18 months ago, when they brought out that Dr. Mario game on the, uh, on the phone. um, Dr. Mario or brain training? Dr. Mario. They brought out a Dr. Mario game on Switch? No, 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 on phone. On phone. Oh, on phone. right. Yeah. Um, they, they brought, when they brought that game out, I was using the stylus that I got from uh, Mario Maker 2 on my Switch yeah. to play that game on my phone. Um, that way I can... It felt like I was playing Dr. Mario, Germ Buster, inside of Thingo way back when. Unfortunately, that game is not great. It's fine, um, but it's shutting down now. Yeah, they've um, officially killed it. Is is it dead now or is it dying? Uh, um, they've announced it's it's death day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so they killed I Mario went, last year and or in March this year, and now they've come for Doctor yes. Mario as well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I um, thought about that. I was like, ah. Oh, Okay, that's that's a shame. And so I went online. And I was like, I wonder. Just just curious. Anyway, they put Germ Buster in the Switch version of Brain Training, um, which I didn't know about. I had no idea that was in there. I'm surprised you didn't look that up earlier. I like, look, it wasn't a like I I wanted to get this game when it came out. I was like, oh, I remember this, but like I I don't like I'm not like in love with these games. Um, like they're fine and they're fun. Um, but it wasn't enough for me to pay full price to play Dr. Mario on the Switch. Um, but yeah, so the other day I was like, I wonder if, if there is a, a gem buster inside of the, the new um, brain training on the Switch. There is. Um, this, oh, by the way, this brain training came out, like I want to say, like 12 months you, ago. Um, yeah, a year ago? Yeah. Uh, and it also comes with a stylus, and a really good stylus too. The, the, the oh, chassis yeah. of the stylus is metal, and the 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 tip of it is like the really good um, spongy rubber that is in like really high quality. It's a, it's got a good weight to it too. It's like a really good stylus. And so yeah, so I looked online, saw it would happen to be on sale at the same time. I wanted to buy it, and I was like, oh well, I guess that's fate. Um, so I bought it, and <laughs> I I played maybe two hours of it last night. Last night, God. Yeah, yeah we stopped playing Apex at like. Midnight. Um, yeah, it was about eleven thirty when I bailed. That's because my game was still downloading. Yeah, yeah, and then I just sat in bed playing Germ Buster for two hours <laughs> in my Switch. That's pretty bed. sick. 
It is great. It is <laughs> so good. Do you, do you same, hold the, the same switch sideways? Music. You do. You can so you can only play it sideways. Um, you can't play that game like portrait. Because uh, I knew I knew that brain training was like that. The game itself, but I didn't know it. Yeah, whether the gym buster. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the entire application runs sideways. Um, Interesting. And like it, it feels good because like the the switch is like a good size screen. Um, especially when you take the Joy Cons off as well, it's like very very um handleable. Mm. Is that a word? Uh, um, if it's not, we, we've said it many times on this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's it's really it's got the same music. It's got he's got the same um, the same shocked faces that he makes when you get like a three in a row based on one pill, um, and like cascading um, little drops fall on more gems, and he, like any he, he screams and his glasses flick up, and it's very it's very good. It's really really good. Um, I had a fucking blast last time playing it. I'm I'm excited to play more when I have got like eight minutes of downtime. Yeah, let's jump in, play some Germ Buster on the fucking Switch, play some Doctor Mario. So my first thought is, how different is brain training Germ Buster to traditional Doctor Mario? Uh, I don't know if there's any differences. Um, I've I did not play a lot of Doctor Mario, Doctor Mario. Um. When they brought it to the like to the NES to the or SNES, yeah, the like Nintendo Online, I played a little bit and I was like, ah, it doesn't feel good. Um, yeah. That's because it, it it feels like an old game. Like um, playing Tetris, like the NES version of Tetris is a bit like meh. Exactly, and there's a there's a pit cross in there as well, which also doesn't feel great. Um, oh no, that one's awful. Yeah, and so that's like you know it, they're they're just old games. You know they didn't do anything to to bring them forward in any like in any like feeling way so um but jeremy it's yeah. online it's online yeah yep mm-hmm. um so i i honestly don't know if there's any like meaningful differences between the two um i, I couldn't i don't think there was like there was in the mobile game because it had like you know there was characters and there was like extra abilities and stuff because it's a mobile game and then you know trying to get money out of you an engagement mm. So, but yeah, great, it's good. How uh, are you gonna are you gonna show it to your mum? Yes, yes. Next time I see her, which I don't know when that'll be. Um, oh yeah, because because we are yeah in in flux of lockdown. Um, flux but, down. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I I am I definitely like I might actually just like send her a video tonight of me playing it on the switch. Um, yeah. And just like see her reaction because she she will definitely get a kick out of it to say the least. That's so cool. That's great. <laughs> That's um. I think I've said this story on the podcast. But that reminds me of uh when it <laughs> when we got our sixty four. I was like three, um, and you know we played it till I was like six or seven. Got the GameCube, but apparently there were a good few years where once Dan and I went to bed, Mum and Dad would play Mario Kart against each other, and I I only learned that like four years ago and that blew my fucking mind that <laughs> they did that as like really you played funny. games on your own without us what yeah like i i, I want to say i'm in a rare-ish scenario where I, like i i'm i was gonna say I'm, I'm of a certain age like i'm i'm of an age bracket that is like my parents well like the thing is like my parents are old like my parents are in their 60s now but they still, both of them were still my introduction to video games. 
you know, dad beat Ratchet and Clank 3 before I did. Mum's the reason I got a DS and a Wii. Not because she's like, hey, we'll buy it for Jeremy, but because she's like, I want to play Wii Sports. Yeah. I want to play Wii Fit. I want to play Brain Training. Um, you know, like, like I, I sat on the couch once while mum played through the entirety of Florence. Um, wow, yeah. Yeah, you know, like it's it. it uh, I I I feel I feel like most people like our age, but also like most people's whose parents are my parents' age don't have that really. Mm. Um, it's 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 not a very common thing at all. Um, so yeah, like it it's it it's fun when it's fun when your folks do the things that you enjoy doing too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like if I if I talk to like. My dad has had some sort of engagement. Obviously, you know, he's playing Mario Kart and stuff like that. And he'd play some of the racing games when I was a bit older. But, you know, I try to talk to him about the stuff I do now. And he's like, I don't understand anything you just said. But I'm glad you're having a good time. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, <"Yes>, dad. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. And it's nice because he genuinely is glad that I'm having a good time. But it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, I think, you know, being being an only child, I think they get to zero in a little bit more on my interests. Um, in a, you know, uh, you know, th- there's there's no other competition. You know, it's like for sure. Hey, what is Jeremy into? There is no what is what is Carrie and Carrie's brother and Carrie's other brother into? Um, I don't know how many brothers you have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you have two brothers? No, just the one. <laughs> right. Okay. There you go. That's fine. Um, yeah. Um, and so like. You know, like, but that also meant, like, whenever, like, we're at the shops and, like, dad picks up, like, Shadow of the Colossus or whatever, it's no, like, oh, Jeremy will like this game, but, you know, Jeremy's brother won't like this game. It's mm. just, like, I will like this game and maybe Jeremy will like this game. And if mm. that, if he does, then cool, except he didn't actually want me to like that game for a good long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's too violent, yeah. he said. <laughs> it's pretty stabby. Oh, it wasn't that. It was the when you stab and the like the 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 blood comes gushing out. Um, yeah, that's what I meant. It's pretty stabby. Right. Yeah. It was like that. Dad used to tell me to leave the room whenever he was killing a colossus. <laughs> it's very cute. Uh, yeah. should we also talk about? Well, the other ones. We, we, it's kind of like the the live service check in with the games we've got here now. Um, yeah. Do we want to talk about the Apex Season Ten Emergence? Mm. I think it's called has been live for about 28 hours. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've play, I played one match before this recording because uh, my game wouldn't download last night and Jeremy played an evening with Ollie last night. How did you find the new uh, evolution of World's Edge, the map, and the new character? There is no better time to get into Apex. Um, I think I think is where I'm, where I'm sitting. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the new character is really good. Um, feels balanced, which is shocking. Interesting. Um, like, it is a very aggressive character. So, so, so the new character Sia is like a, I think is classed as a reconnaissance character. Yeah. Um, has got like little, little tiny drones basically, um, that you can send out in different ways. Um, his ultimate is like a thing where there will be like a little, a little Iron Man arc reactor in the middle of a zone, and then it'll create a dome. And inside that dome, you can see where people are. Um, if they're running or shooting. Yes, as long as they are moving. Um, or rather, as long as they are not crouch walking, I think yeah. is I think is what it is. Um, they're moving I fast. think crouch walking, yes, yes. Um, 
and has a, a tactical ability that you can use on a cooldown, which allows you to like disrupt enemies. So stop them from healing, stop them from using abilities, but not like like take it away, just like interrupt them and make them have to restart it. Um, which is which is cool. And you can you can do that through walls as well. Um, and it also allows you to like see their health, um, which is which is really interesting. Mm. Um, so yeah, like he's really cool. Um, he's very very aggressive. It is all about fucking up the enemy. It is all about like, you know, there are moments in Apex where it's like two people will be fighting on a, on on different teams, and then they will both get each other quite low, and then they will both like. They will both take a second to heal, be like, oh, i got to heal so I can continue this fight. But then they'll realize, oh, the moment I healed, they also healed as well. So, like, we're, mm. we're back at square one. Um, this is, like, the, the antithesis of that. This is, like, oh, they're healing. I'm going to run in, fuck up their heal, and then, like, totally mess them up. Mm. Um, it is it is very fun to play as him. He's got a fucking kick-ass design. Um and also the animated short that came with him was so good. Um, really, really well animated. Um, the animation team behind that short did one of the episodes of Love, Death and Robots season one. Um, one of the better right, yeah. ones. Um, like a really good one. Um, so like it's it's totally, totally worth a watch. Even if you're not into the game, it's just like a really kick-ass short. Um, but yeah, like the, the, the new map I think is really good. They've made some really positive changes to the to the map um they've introduced more lanes in between certain areas they've they've uh re rebuilt certain areas on the ground up which also progresses the law in the game if you're into that stuff um but like the time of day change and the lighting change on the map it it's it's gorgeous it's it's it pops so so vibrantly um and is such a good looking map um and they've said that after this week um the other two maps will be put in rotation as well as the current version of 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 world's edge yeah Um, so so all three maps in rotation at once yes um permanently for the first time um well as part of this season um so that's that that's exciting um because that's like a that that's a good level of variety not just swapping back and forth in between the two maps it's like you can play for I think what what that'll do is make the game feel fresher for longer. I um, absolutely agree, yeah. Because going back and forth between two maps is good, it's fine, um, but like you can sort of time yourself at, the, at that point because the map's up for about an hour or 90 minutes. It changes every time. Like It, it could be like 90 minutes for that time and then it's an hour for this one and then it's maybe two hours for that rotation. Like Every time it's it's different kind of a deal. Right. But. Well, like, one to two hours. Time, cha- sure, right. Um, but every time it does change, it's like, like I feel like I'm looking at the time going like, hey, like, a period of time has passed. Um, whereas, like, having the three maps, I'm I'm going to be more in it. Like, I'm, I'm re- like, I think it might be harder for new players to get used to some of the maps in, in, in that way because there'll be, like, three maps that are, three big Battle Royale maps um, is a lot to learn. Yeah, um, you're unfamiliar with all of them, and then as the time you start getting good in one, you have to move on to the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like that might be harder for for newer players, um, but um, I, they 
seem to have done a great job with the launch. Um, the new gun is is pretty pretty fucking cool as well. It is not good close range. Do not use this gun close range, um, which I think is I think it's why it's replaced the. If you're familiar with the game, the Spitfire is now in the in the care package. Um, that gun was good at basically all ranges. Um, the the new gun is not good at close range. Um, it is good at medium to like it's okay at long range, um, but like close range it is it is not a not a good weapon um so i think that's a that's a good change um and also like season 10 launch apex is like doing extraordinarily well um and i didn't hear a single thing about servers going down um, did i like uh, apparently they just had a great launch um they've done they've done really good work they seem to be doing very well over there so yeah i'm Super, super into it. There's a bunch of changes to the arenas mode as well. I haven't had a chance to jump into that yet. Oh um, yeah, so shotguns all getting the same price now, and yeah, there's there's like a lot of like a lot of like specific changes that are happening, um, as well as like map rotations in and out. Um, but yeah, I I think as far as like a battle royale experience, um, Apex is. I I am I am wondering now how I feel about it in its in its relative current peak honestly compared to like the peaks of PUBG yeah it's interesting right i think PUBG's it's it's not even on the same level anymore because something you have to remember about PUBG is it's not free which is mm, wild that's a great point it's right? a $40 game right and apex and warzone and um fortnite, fortnite. And there are there are others that are hanging around as well. Radical oh, Heights. F- yeah, Radical Heights, exactly. <laughs> that <laughs> shout out to Clippy <laughs> B. Um, they're, they're they're all free to play, and so you. It means that it's not a big deal when you when you launch a game and die in the first ten minutes, or you die and you have to watch your teammates watch as they try and resurrect you because the investment, the literal monetary investment you've put into it, is next to nothing because it's free. Like, I think that's a yeah. massive part of what helps those games succeed is because because the punishment for death is so high, it doesn't matter as much because you haven't literally had to buy in until you go yes. for microtransactions. So looking at Apex and, and, and going back and looking at PUBG, I was watching one of, uh, one of the old videos I made of one of our wins and stuff like that. And it's like, this game, you know, like the... Do you, Jeremy, do you remember the, the video I made that was like our first win video, right? That pa- yes. That particular win, right? That, that our first win. And, you know, I've been playing the game for like four or five months at that point. You died at the start and you watched the whole time. You, did, yeah, you weren't a part of that game, basically. Yeah, yeah I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, you know, I just played a round of Apex um, before recording and I was the last person to die. You know, I was the, I was the last person alive and then I, except for the last person alive on the other team, you know, two teams left, one person each, I died. But I got picked up in the care package and got brought, uh, not the care package, in the, by the revive and got brought in right at the end, saved my teammate yeah. who was up for a bit longer, who took one other person out, then they went down, I picked them up and, you know, I, I think Apex is, it's, uh, it, the, the, the skill ceiling is lower than Fortnite's is somehow. You know, Fortnite is, you look at it and it's more casual. 
in some ways because it's more cartoony and like millions of kids play it it's less bloody but apex is just about the shooting and knowing how to use cover and knowing how to use your characters whereas fortnite is like the shooting's a bit wonky and a bit you know it's all third person over the shoulder and then it's all about building building and building and building and also there's vehicles yeah. and mechs and and the well, i mean that game changes drastically every every 12 months for sure but even the, the the fundamentals of even just the building like you can get so good at that to the point where the competition basically has no chance yeah whereas in apex it, it's just about aim you know really that's what it comes down to is shooting so i think it's 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 even playing field and it's low barrier to entry is a boon yeah and like you know there are microtransactions in the game um there's a battle pass um but i let, let me check how many hours i've put into this game and i'll also tell you how much money i've put into the game well, also um, if you're only checking on steam remember we had it on origin for like oh you're a right year or two too. before that so l- look at your steam numbers and know that it's yeah. maybe double that <laughs> Yeah, so I've got 271 hours on Steam. Um, yeah, I've so got it 140. Be, it might be closer to like 500 hours, um, which is a lot. Um, I think I've put about $35 into this game, or maybe $40 um, over over since it came out, over the years. And all of that has just been towards a battle pass. Um, one here, one there. Um and, you know, it, it does the battle pass thing where if you get to the end of the battle pass, it'll give you enough premium currency to pay for the next one. Um, so I didn't have to pay for this battle pass. I didn't have to pay for the previous one. Um, I paid for the one prior to that um, with my real money. Um, so it's, you know, I haven't bought with money any characters. Um, they give you so, they give you enough mm. character credits in the game that you can, you can buy all the characters um, comfortably. Um, not feel like you know you're like you know scrounging around to try and figure out how much you know you can get for the next character, um, mm. which is which is cool. Um, the cosmetics are really cool and like so optional and also really out of the way. Like they'll you know they'll say like, hey, we've got these new skins in the shop, um, but they are so not like like you know thrown in your face all the time. Yeah. Um, in terms of buy, 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 you know, they're thrown in your face in terms of like, hey, this person's got this cool skin. Um, but sometimes, you know, th- hey, look, this person's got this cool skin that you can't buy. Um, so it's 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 very, it's very light on on the on the, uh, on 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 the on the purchase pressure. I think I'll say, um, which for a free to play game, fucking rare. Um, for so an EA like, game as well. Yes, yes, definitely for an EA game. Um, so, yeah, they've just done a really good job with it. Like, and you know, as well as things, you know, like represent, representation in the game, terrific. Um, Stella, yeah. The you know the, the there are badges for you know social causes all the time. There's a Pride badge. There's a Black Lives Matter badge. Um, Stop Asian Hate badge. Mm-hmm. Um, the the actual like maps themselves are really good looking. The style of everything is really cool looking. Um, they've done a really great job at carving out like a really uh, positively. Um, what's the word? Po- it's got a lot of goodwill behind game. it, right? 
Yeah, it does. It does. Um, and they, you know, whenever there's like a social cause that is, you know, like something that they care about, they will, you know, put a big thing at the front of the game when you launch it for the first time, being like, hey, you know, we stand, you know, with, you know, Asian Americans that are experiencing hate, you know, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, you know, that's great. That, you know, makes me not feel dirty when I'm playing a game. Um, so it's, 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 it's a good thing. Um, so, Pretty and, friendly you know, too, you know, when you play with randoms, like, uh, it's not I mean, that I've many times some... you come up against someone that's like an absolute douchebag. Like just, the... oh, I've had, I've had plenty. Um, okay. I, I think you've played more randoms than I, than I've had. Yeah. Um, you know, like it's, it's a popular online game. You're going to get that stuff. Um, yes. but like also like the install size, you know, it's big, but it's not, you know, Warzone big. Um, it's, it's palatable. Also, the updates aren't PUBG big either. Yes. Yeah, they're not download the entire fucking map all over again. Um, and it runs really well too. It's like a, a pretty well-optimized game. Um, it's on the Switch. Don't play that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's just like... I, I. Has it hit the high highs of PUBG for you overall? I think it's, mm. I think it's a past them for me by now. Hmm. There is a moment that we had with PUBG. There's a special time that we had when we were discovering, not only were we discovering PUBG, but we were discovering Battle Royales, right? There is there is a time and a place where that was really special. And I yes. don't think Apex can reach it for me personally. Okay. And I say that it's having fine. just, you know, gone, like I said before, gone back and watched what we were playing back in 2017, you know? And how exciting yeah. it was for us to play it. And we we all had crappy mics and we were like, like whispering because we were, you know, like I was at my I, parents' I that, house and so were you. And I was playing that game at 20 FPS because I had a garbage computer at that point. Exactly. So like, there's just something special about that time. Uh, that said, it doesn't have the lows of PUBG, which is why we stopped playing it. It Yeah is consistently much higher on a standard level than the lows of PUBG. And, you know, I get more easily frustrated and sick of the game when I'm playing badly in Apex. You know, like, we are playing sometime this week, and I was like, I'm just getting messed up. This is my last game. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm sick of this. I want to go sit on the couch and not think about anything. Um, but that's just because I want to be good at the game. That's a me problem. That's not the game's problem. That's just me, like, underperforming to my high expectations. That's, like... That's, you know, that's like a psychological, <laughs> you know, like that's nothing, to, that's no reflection on Apex. It's not, you know, there's, there's no hacker issues. There's no, um, it's an even playing field. I think the wins feel a bit less special than they did in PUBG. The, the, the feeling is that the tone is very different because in PUBG there was those, you know, it led to many flaws i think in the design but the times where you didn't see anyone for 10 or 15 or 20 minutes or 30 minutes sometimes because those games were longer yep you're driving across the map there's more time for us to fuck around and you know like make jokes and there was more room in that game in PUBG. there's more space for us to hang out in as well as play the game um yes but it also that also led lent to it being way more punishing because it was like I didn't see anyone for thirty minutes and I'm dead, like yeah, 
Yeah, like I remember every every nine months I have that that dumbass urge. You know that that stupid voice in the back of your brain that's like, hey, you play a game PUBG. Um and I re-download all fucking hundred and twenty gigabytes of it. Um you know, for four maps that no one plays. Um and you know, I will sit there and like remember that, you know, you have to pick up guns and ammo separately and then reload your guns. Um and like equip your guns and you like pick up attachments and then you have to like put them on your gun manually and mm-hmm. and it like it's it's a it's a lot more, you know, sure is a fucking armor mod. Um and it's uh it it's it's not it's not a it's not a friendly game. Um it's not it's also not an accessible game. Mm. Um you have to know everything. Um you have to know that this gun takes this ammo. Um you can find it. You can find out that it does, but like it's not there's not a lot of visual language going on. Um it's very default. And it's a lot less it's a lot less friendly to play. You don't feel like you're doing anything really cool. You're hiding. And yeah. it reminds me of the period of time of when I first was getting into online games. And online game worlds, to me at that point, were massive. Um, not in terms of, like, you know, like, they were really big worlds, like World of Warcraft, for example. But, like, I felt like, I, like in times, you know, I was playing on, like, Daisy servers for like which had like you know maybe like six people in them Mm. and then suddenly i realized i'm in the middle of like the wilderness in daisy and there's like a couple zombies like roaming around and i felt i felt truly alone i was like wow there's i'm the only one here i might be the only i might be the first person that's ever been here (laughs) this no one no one's and you know like all of that is very like naive and stuff but then then when you see someone like your heart starts like really going like someone over there can they can they see me i don't think they can see me i'm gonna hide and just hope they I, i'm gonna hide and hope they walk very close to my building but not actually enter it um yeah. because that's exhilarating and exciting and 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 PUBG had some of those moments as well um for a long you know, time you, yes yeah but like you know you had your hot drops but you had like moments where you dropped the middle of fucking nowhere um enter a house go through it all gear up a little bit and then like really slowly quietly move to the next part um enter a building not knowing if there was going to be four people in there standing on tables with shotguns or not um and that was also very exciting and made that world feel huge the the map in PUBG feels a lot bigger than the one in Apex because of that and also because the movement in Apex is incredibly fluid incredibly fast um and incredibly designed to be that. Like, that's, like, that is the, you know, the maps complement it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, like, the the very highs of PUBG were very, very high. Um, but I think, I think at this point for me, the, it's like, it's like a bad X. Yeah. <laughs> we We had some good times together, but it's never going to happen again. Yeah, yeah. It's good to look back on, but like, nah. <laughs> yep, it wasn't meant to last. No. Well, uh, thank you for the reminisce, Jeremy. Um, You're welcome. 
complaining we're not going to have much to talk about. I know, we're right? About here, nothing. We are. here we are. Um, the only other thing we've both been playing a little bit of is um, more of Pokemon Unite. I don't know that I have too much to say about it. Just, just that I'm surprised that I'm still interested in playing it. It's a game that doesn't have too low a low or too high a high. It's not too hard. It's not yeah. it's not that easy. It's not that difficult, but there's enough that I can learn about. It's it's such an accessible MOBA. I think that's its best feature is just how accessible it is. It's a controller MOBA for one, which I've never seen before. And everyone else is on controller. And it's all Pokemon and the 10-minute time limit and there's no shop, there's no currency. I think I'm... I, You know, I thought I'd uninstall this game pretty soon, but I, I think I'm going to keep it around. And I like the times where we're just like, want to play a quick game or something? It's like, yeah, I'll play two or three games of Pokemon Mobile. That sounds great. Like, just a nice way to chill out and focus on stuff, try a new character if I want, or play an old one that I know I'll do well in. Like... It's a good time. Yeah. It's a shame yeah, it's monetized think... to hell, but like, I'm just never going to give them a dollar and I'll feel okay about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think you might be high, which is funny because I feel like I feel like I've played it more than you, but I, I, don't, I actually don't know that I have. I have? Okay. I, I, would, I would not be surprised if you had. Okay. This tends to be how, um, how that goes. Like you've definitely, you, you played more PUBG than I did. You played more Apex than I do. Like... Yeah, but like, I, I actually am not enjoying it as much as you. Um, like, I I am playing because I'm like, yeah, I'll play a little bit, and then like, and I get like three games in, I'm like, I just actually That's don't enough. like really. Yeah, yeah, like I I don't really like, and you know, I'll get three games in and go, eh, and but I'll still play three more. Um, <laughs> and and I think I think they are just so short. Like, I don't remember fucking anything that I've ever done in that game. Um, <laughs> I couldn't tell you a single thing that I've ever done in any Pokemon <laughs> Unite. Um, like, just like straight up, like you asked me, like, oh, what's your favorite moment in like the first like you know two weeks of that game being out? I'm like, a lot of menus in that game. <laughs> <laughs> Loading screen is really framey. Um, I I think I'm actually enjoying it more now because I feel like I'm understanding it more. Okay. Uh, sorry, sorry. I feel like I'm not enjoying it more now because I'm understanding it more. Sorry, is what I meant to say. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, um, only because I think that the game controls really terribly. Um, I think it, I think it, it controls really, really poorly in a way that, like, now that I understand how things work, I, I like, I, like, I'm sitting there just getting frustrated at me not being able to do the thing that I know I know how to do. Yeah. Um. Like the auto aiming is like real bad, and like aiming at some of the moves doesn't feel intuitive, and the the jumping feels crap. I'm just like, Ugh. Um, so like I I feel like I'm actually getting lower on that game um, as time goes on. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'll be playing it in in about two weeks. And you know I with I you know I, st- I feel like somehow we're still having the same conversation we were having ten minutes ago. With, and but but we'll go with it. That's what happened with PUBG, right? Where you fell off it faster than I did. I was more willing... The, 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 the things I... The things you found to slowly whittle you down and break the game's enjoyment factor for you are things that I'm willing to forgive. I, I, yeah, I think... I, I think they're different... I think they're different cases. Um, yeah, but it's, it's, like, there's a, there's a similarity is, to be found there. Sure, like, I think... I think there was a lot more meta conversation happening around PUBG that made me not enjoy it. 
um, when I when I stopped in, when I stopped liking that game. Um, you know, things surrounding uh, the, like the the game going from early access into full release, um, the weird development choices in terms of like what they were pushing forward, their like the update sizes, the um, the performance of the game. Um, and then things like, you know, hey, the game isn't out, but, you know, we got all our microtransactions in and, like, you know, we got, like, we got the Joker skin from the Suicide Squad. <laughs> that, that's always the one. That's always, and like, Harley the clinch Quinn. of, like, and Harley Quinn. And they were just fucking terrible. They so were bad. so bad. Because um, I want to say, was that, what did Fortnite have at the time? Because they had something similar in the same vein. It was right around that time they started doing the Infinity War tie-in where they had the Thanos mode. Right, they they had the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, and when you picked it up, you became Thanos and you could just fuck up everyone around you. It was like, it was a, like it was, very impressive. It was like, you know, the first major tie-in for Fortnite. Yeah, it was um, Of that size. That was monumental. It was, it was, and then the following year, they had the one where it was like, oh, you could pick up the shield and you could pick up the Iron Man gauntlets or uh, Stormbreaker and stuff like yeah. that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then so, after that, you know, they had the Marvel season and and they've, they've had sports players and content creators. And yeah, no, they're obviously Fortnite's just Tra- an absolute monolith now, but... Travis um, Scott. Um, but yeah, it's like... Like all of that stuff, and then and then like I think what actually killed it was after most of the issues of the game not being resolved in any meaningful way, the comms was really bad. Anytime they did an update for the game, anytime anytime a map needed to be updated, everyone had to download the entire map again, which is like a forty gig update every like. It two wasn't weeks, it forty like. gig. It, it was, was huge. It was, it was massive. Six to nine to fifteen gig, which when we were all on crap ADSL was a lot. But like it was, it so wasn't frequent. forty. It was frequent. Was it was issue. frequent. It was. It was so so often. Um, and then, and then they were like, "Hey, guess what? One point we're out of early access." And um, and I was I remember looking at the one game and comparing it to like the previous version of the game, going like, "I don't see any fucking difference here." Like you made the menu look worse and have not as good music. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And like, do you, remember, do you remember when like, do you remember when someone would quit the game before leaving a party, and the character would stay in the party, so everyone had to leave and then rejoin a different? Yeah. Pa- there was so many, so many terrible issues, so many dumbass issues, and the buggies with death traps and the motorbikes you just blow up at any second. Yeah, it was like, it wasn't good. The um, thing that the thing that I loved from some of the first times we were playing, you remember when you couldn't vault. Yeah, you couldn't climb yeah. through windows or climb yep. climb up any climb over fences. So you'd always like bump into fences trying to jump over them, and and you couldn't. You'd have to get it just right to walk through them. And um, yep. and when when cars and vehicles didn't have any horns. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they did that right. They added that in pretty quickly. Yes. Yeah. No. Like, and you know, they added some good things. I remember when they. I remember what the grenade sounds at the beginning didn't sound very good, and then they added this like this rumble, this really intense earthy rumble when explosions would happen near you, but not at you. Oh, and yeah. it was like frighteningly, like it was terrific. It was a great addition. Um, but it just like, it just like, 
slowed and slowed. And then they were like, hey, we're on Xbox. And everyone's like, okay. Um, and then, like, the game just felt oh, it's so bad on there, wasn't it? It was, like, 15 yeah. frames on Xbox One. No good. No good. So, yeah, like, I'm I'm falling off this quicker than, than I did for PUBG on on mobile on Pokemon Unite um because um like you know like I said last time I'm not as familiar with MOBAs um and now that I feel like I understand how a lot of the game works I actually don't like some of it that's interesting because I've I've I have observed a lot of MOBAs and never played them because it's kind of beyond me Dota and League like there's so much you have to know and let alone the character yeah. roster is so large. Like the the barrier to entry and then the skill ceiling is so high on those games. It's really um it's really unfriendly to new players. But watching someone who knows what they're doing play means that I know the basics of like I'll try to get the last hits in on creeps so you get the things and oh uh, you want this many people in bottom lane and it's like, oh if someone needs help you need to rotate and stuff like that. So I kinda know the structure of the MOBA. And then I can have my basic expertise on top of that, and it works. I like a lol and nine tails. Yeah, I think I, I think I think if this game wasn't Pokemon, I wouldn't give a shit. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, like hey, like that's the power of the brand, baby. But like, uh, I think what's there actually isn't enough to keep me in anymore, anyway. Um, and I'll put it this way. When this game came out and I played a little bit, um, I actually thought the game was still in beta. Um, it does feel early. Yeah. It doesn't feel released. And part of that's because they said it's also coming to mobile and it's, that's not out until September. Um, but, like, it doesn't feel polished all the way. Um for a Nintendo product, I think, also. Which is funny, because it's not a Nintendo-made game. Um, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. Um, when Nintendo said they were planning on allowing more companies to do things with their IP, this isn't quite what I had in mind. You didn't expect money printing Tencent to come along and <laughs> combine money printing Pokemon with money printing MOBA? Such a not, not, you know? And, like, look, I had so much faith when... Like, the, the first thing that came out of that was, like, Cadence of Hyrule. Yeah. Which I adore. Like, that is a fucking phenomenal game. Um, and then it's like this. And, <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I feel like I feel like it'll be this. It'll be Cadence of Hyrule. And they'll do one more. And then Nintendo will just say, no, no, we're done doing that. Because they apparently like to dip their toes in things and then take it back again. Do you remember when... Do you remember, um, when they were all in on mobile app development, and then they they are all out. They Super are so Mario Run, baby. Yeah, yeah. That game still sure do. Is that game still up? Um, I think so. It was a premium product. Oh, to, that's right. You had to buy yeah. it. <laughs> the, the, the only I think the only server based game that they're going to keep going is Mario Kart Live because that's apparently still making money. Um, but yeah, they like they sure just like to do strange things. Yeah, Nintendo. do things that you look at. You go, huh? Okay. <laughs> Nintendo don't like making sense. No, they, they certainly do not. Uh, so yeah, somehow I, I, Jeremy, I can't believe we spoke for that long about three games. I can. 
We just ended up talking about the good old days. Yeah. Like we're fucking yeah. 80 years old. Yeah. Um, of a certain age. <laughs> My brain is 80 Big years brain. Old, apparently. <laughs> um, well, thank you for listening if you got this far. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back with some uh, disappointing news. Uh, not Activision Blizzard, something else. Something worse in some ways, you know? Uh, so look forward to that. We'll be back after the break. Uh, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Minimap Cast. We've, uh, had some snacks. I had a freeze-dried strawberry or two. And some vegan sour worms. I had an Uncle Toby oat. Uh, One oat? (laughs) One oat. (laughs) Big oat. (laughs) Uncle Toby's oat. (laughs) What's an oat? Uh, If you open your mouth, I'll have a look. I can't see any. Um, That was a terrible joke. Uh, I don't know. I don't understand it. (laughs) Like you just ate some oats. Oh. It's a grain. Don't actually yep. don't think I've ever never actually thought about it. And oat and oat is, is it's it's wheat like in some ways. Hmm. Right, there you go. Anyway, that's been the minimap cast for this week. No, I um so it's been your oat check in for the week. <laughs> yeah, check in next week for for your next uh, oat oatly fact. Maybe when there's no question corner, we can come in with oat facts. Not sponsored by Uncle Toby. Do you was a real uncle? To somebody. I was just about to ask if you had an uncle named Toby. I have an uncle named Tony. Not a Toby, though. <laughs> I, have a, I have a, does he I have have a second cousin, Any Toby? oats or anything that's like the sound oats? Like, does Uncle Tony do anything with boats? No, he works, with, he works for a church. Um, uncle... There's a there's an I have a cousin Toby. He used to make video games. What happened? I don't think he does it anymore. I actually don't know. Oh, just like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should message him and go, "Hey, been there, <laughs> been there. Am no longer there." Yeah. Uh, so got a couple of things to cover. Um, but the majority of what we're going to talk about right now is kind of upsetting news along the same lines-ish of the Activision Blizzard stuff last week, just in terms of, like, shitty behavior being called out, except it's within uh, an indie studio and a studio that we have hold uh, quite dear. We have held quite dear in... Oh, man, what am I saying? We have we have held the studio in quite higher regard at Minimap. Yes. And it, it yes. feels like it's... Um, I don't know, we've, we've mentioned their product so many times before as being, you know, they've been featured on Game Spoilers for our game club and, and we, we refer to them frequently and we hold their games in higher regard. So I'm going to stop dancing around the issue um, and read the headline. I'm just going to read the headline from Polygon just so we all know what's going on here. Um, but Polygon put out a, an investigative article, it looks like, uh, by Nicole Carpenter titled... How the Founders' Toxic Culture Tore Apart Fulbright, the studio behind Gone Home, also the studio behind Tacoma, which is what we played on Game Spoilers. Um, Co-founder Steve Gaynor has stepped down following complaints from employees. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's long, um, and just just for the interest of keeping the podcast a bit shorter. 
Um, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I do recommend that if you are interested in this issue at all, or if you've if you listen to the examples I'm going to read out in a minute, um, and you want to learn more or you you're unsure of some of the details, uh, I do recommend going to the Polygon article and giving it a read. It is extensive um, and damning. Uh, so yeah, Fulbright obviously have been sort of titans, like really well regarded in the indie space as um, creating some incredibly sensitive and um, really well made and emotional stories. And they've got something coming out soon. But yeah, those first two that were mentioned are so foundational for so many people in terms of like Gone Home being one of the most visibly um, gay positive in in, a, in the gaming space when that wasn't really a thing at the time. Um, mm. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read uh, some excerpts here that have been pulled apart on Reset Era from the, uh, from the Polygon article, uh, just because it sort of trims it down a bit. So we'll, we'll just go into that now. Fulbright co-founder Steve Gaynor, known for his work on Gone Home and Tacoma, has stepped down from his role as creative lead on Open Roads, their upcoming game, following multiple allegations regarding his treatment of Fulbright staff. 15 employees left the studio since development on Open Roads began in 2019. Around six staff members remain. Speaking with Polygon, 12 former employees said their departure was at least in part due to Gaynor's behaviour toward workers, specifically women, on the team. At least 10 of the employees who left since Open Roads production began were women. Multiple former employees who spoke with Polygon anonymously out of fear of retaliation described the Fulbright work environment as, quote, controlling, unquote, a place in which staff has felt undermined and demeaned by Gaynor. Because of Gaynor's status as the co-founder of a beloved indie darling, some former employees say they were worried about being blacklisted from the industry, though some ended up leaving the industry entirely anyway. These former employees said they did not experience or witness sexual harassment or explicit sexism. Instead, they said, the studio's toxic culture hid behind the veneer of inclusivity as women were allegedly repeatedly broken down by microaggressions. But at the same time, former employees say they also felt stifled by Gaynor's, quote, controlling and demeaning presence, unquote, someone who allegedly saw Open Roads not as the team's game, but as his game, that he himself was Fulbright. Quote, this is going to sound like a joke, but I'm completely serious. Working for him often felt like working for a high school mean girl, unquote. One former employee in a leadership position told Polygon, quote, his go-to weapon was to laugh at people's opinions and embarrass them in front of other people. Uh, not too long after the Polygon article went live, uh, the Open Roads Twitter account announced that uh, Steve Gaynor has stepped back from his role as creative lead and manager and transitioned to a role as a writer handing off day-to-day responsibilities to the team to complete open roads. Um, this fucking sucks. This yeah. sucks so much. Um, and it is important... That it, this is different to what we've been reading about in the Activision Blizzard case that's been evolving over the last couple of weeks in a number of ways. Yes, it, it is um, definitely, definitely different. Like there's there's that one sentence I read, which is I think it's it's important and it's not to diminish anything because I still think there are some serious abhorrent issues going on here. But this one sentence here uh, I think is pretty telling. I'm just going to read it again. These former employees said they did not experience or witness sexual harassment or explicit se- sexism. Instead, they said 
the studio's toxic culture hid behind the veneer of inclusivity as women were allegedly repeatedly broken down by microaggressions. So this is this is a culture problem, um, and definitely it it's, it's, seems very clear that you can pinpoint this directly at Steve Gaynor. You can you can lay this at his feet because it sounds like this is a, a problem with his um, with his motivations and with his attitudes and with his with the work culture he has fostered at his company Fulbright. Um, but like I said, just because this this there hasn't been any explicit sexism, there's been no sexual harassment or assault, doesn't mean that there's something incredibly wrong going on here and uh, an awful power imbalance and a, and a betrayal of Fulbright staff and the industry as a whole. Yeah, and you know, like that there are there are more, um, you know, like like we said at the beginning, there's there's a lot more in the story as well, um, but. It, it this is very like like yeah like this is different to the Blizzard Activision stuff. Um, this is about like a like a personal level of control. This is you know this is when 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 people talk about like auteurs in gaming. Mm. Um, you know this is the kind of like shit that can happen when that that when it gets to that level you know there's there's no such thing as an auteur in games because games are so collaborative um and everybody is like you know everybody's input is is always like you know in conversation with other people's input and stuff like that and when when this happens you know you get you know someone who believes that they are the studio um and when that happens then they can then start taking out some of their own you know, whether it's internalized or externalized um, misogyny, um, and bring it to the front of a well, bring bring it to how a company operates. Um, you know, like th- there was pe- people have left. Um, you know, both the games industry as well as just this studio. Um, uh, due to this, um, women have left. Um, and that's like such a such an awful thing for. For, for those women to have to go through, to have to leave because the man that's in charge won't listen to them, discredits them, um, doesn't... Yeah, Kerry? I also just want to say that because because of the success of Gone Home and Tacoma and of how inclusive they were of more marginalized yeah. communities, it's almost like this studio had become... Like, I, I feel like the studio would have definitely been attracting talent that would be more susceptible to these sorts of toxic environments almost like yeah. the like like a like a moth to a flame you know they, they created gone home this this beacon of inclusivity and now they're inviting people of marginalized communities through their content to come and work for them only to shut them down and and whittle yeah. them down until they no longer want to be a part of the industry that they that they clearly love because they're inspired by the game you created that's it's awful and and when you're in a leadership a leadership position like this, you have to put in safeguards for your employees. You have a level of duty of care to them that you have to, um, you know, be willing to actually put up and 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 work for them to have. Um, like that, there's a, there's a there's a paragraph here. Um, employees told Polygon that they had wanted to report Gainer's behaviour, but had no actual process to do so. The company had no dedicated human resource employees other than the occasional third-party consultant 
Quote, there is no infrastructure to escalate, a former employee said. Several former employees said that they confronted Dana directly while they were still employed at Fulbright, telling him their concerns about how they believe his behaviour negatively impacted the staff. Um, it And it, it goes on, like, mm, talking about how, like... Uh, she said that she told Gaynor that she was struggling to commit to open roads because she was worried the game would be cancelled if an article came out about him. Um... You know that's that's a level of of like uh, like work like you know a level of unease and a level of um, like discomfort that you shouldn't have to experience in a workplace, um, especially 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 when it's you know predicated by a man in charge. Um, this is just wholeheartedly disappointing, um, and you know it. This is why there should be, like, no, you know, like, idols, right? Like, idolizing people who work. It's not good. Um, You know, like, people have faults. You don't know how stuff works inside of an industry. And then when, you know, and you, d- don't get me wrong, I was very excited years ago when I went to GCAP, which is the Game Developers Convention in Melbourne, um, and he was the keynote speaker. That was, like, so exciting. Um, mm-hmm. And that was because, you know, like, like a lot of, a lot of people, you know, gone home was a, was a, was a welcoming queer experience for them. Um, and, you know, when someone makes something that you like, you want to hear what they have to say. Um, when it gets to that point that, like, you know, someone believes that they are the company you know, he was using Fulbright's Twitter account as his own personal account, right? Like, that's just so narcissistic. Um, and, you know, it can lead to dangerous situations like this. Um, you know, like, it, this is a really awful situation. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a... It feels like a real betrayal, I think. Not just for the employees, but for... Our assumptions as for what the studio stands for and for what the studio would be like to work in based on the content they were creating. Um, it, it it feels like a betrayal. You know, I've yeah. seen, you know, Gainer's... That's something you said uh, right before we were starting this, Jeremy, was, um, you know, Gainer's around. He's in the industry. He's he's doing talks. He's, he's, he's on podcasts every now and then. He'll, um, you know, especially when their games are coming out. But, like... He'll be around. He'll be doing stuff. And he's, he's been visible. It's the kind of thing where it's like, it's hard to believe that someone who you've listened to have a candid conversation with people you know could be awful like this. But as with anyone who who these allegations have come out about in the end, if you knew them or thought you knew them, and all of a sudden it turns out they've got this underlying pattern of behavior or this or this history of terrible things that they've done, it's it can be hard to believe, but it's um it's just such a shame, you know. And I think we also need to point out, um, like I said in that tweet that they they spoke about, that Steve Gain is still at Fulbright. Yes, he's, yes, he he's stepped down as creative lead and manager for Open Roads, the game specifically. Now, as far as I know, this is the only game that Fulbright's working on, and so. Yeah, they, they seem to only they seem to only work on one project at a time. Yeah, they're a small indie game. They're a small indie studio, right? 
So he's transitioned to a role as a writer, handing off day-to-day -day responsibilities to the team to complete open roads. So theoretically, he'll be handling more of the day-to-day -day management of just the studio in general and nothing and far less to do with the creative role of the of the game. But the game this game's been in production for two years, has had so many staff walk through it. His imprint is gonna be on this game. And as his role as a writer, how much license does that give him to veto someone's suggestion, to uh, hmm. snipe down someone else's uh, efforts and or just say that, no, that's not going to happen anymore. What is this, um, what is this handing off of day-to-day -day responsibilities to the team actually going to mean in terms of that team's autonomy? I would wager not that much. And you have to wonder, like, you know, uh, how, how much already, you know, feedback that would have made the game better has been dismissed by him. Um, and, you know, you, you and yeah, like, you have to wonder now how much control does the rest of the team that's working on the game um, have over the game while he's still a writer? Um, you know, can people now um, uh, overrule him? Um, and especially because um, this game is not published by them. This game is published by Annapurna. Um, and it's completely funded by Annapurna as well. So, like, I think in the article, like, they, they mention Annapurna. Um, and I think they mentioned that they are looking at, um, like, th they're monitoring the situation. Uh, yeah, like, they queried the studio about the uh, the high staff attrition rate. Yeah, uh, Annapurna is aware of the situation at Fulbright and has been instrumental in helping the Open Roads team make changes to its structure, um, is what it says here. Um, you know, you you hope that... So, like, so Steve has made a statement, um, which you can find in the article, um, mentioning, like, why he stepped away um, and apologising um, for his uh, hurtful leadership... Um, and like, it, you hope that this will bring a positive change, but like, you know, similar to the situation the other day, like that doesn't have to happen. You know, no. he is in a high enough position in, you know, he's a co-founder of the company. Um, he's in the high enough position where it doesn't really matter what he does or says. Um, he can just decide to not do that. Um, it would cost him obviously more than it would cost an Activision or a Blizzard, obviously, um, because these games are not in, not quite in the mainstream, um, or at least definitely not in the level of Call of Duty. But uh, you have to hope that this would bring about some change. Um, I hope that the people that are left making the game can make the best version of the game that they can um, and one that is more positive than the version that he would be making. Yeah, but I, like, you know, it's, yeah. I hope they feel that they can make that game safely too. That they yes, can, of course. Because at the end of the day, I'm sure they're still going to work or let's say it's all remote. I'm sure, you know, Gain is still in all hands meetings as the owner of the company. I'm sure he's still integral to other day-to-day -day processes i'm sure all of these developers still have to interact with him at least once yeah. a week so like mm -hmm. you know you have to wonder whether how much this changes in terms of helping staff to uh 
feel like their contributions are being honored and to help staff feel like they can contribute without being shut down. I I yeah. hope this means that the staff can feel safe to do their best work and to be respected as human beings. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah, my heart goes out to the team. Yeah, you know, like obviously, you know, obviously solidarity to everybody that has left, everybody mm-hmm. that is still there, um, aside from Steve, um, and about like, you know, like, like I hope that they can like do the work that they obviously want to do in a way that, yeah, like you said, is safe and meaningful to them um, and not feel like they have to, you know, not, not feel like anyone has to leave to continue working there in a in a capacity that doesn't feel like that they're going to get undermined at every step. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I, it's yeah, it's just very very upsetting. So yeah, we wanted to bring that up. Uh, you know, as we've said multiple times, we don't we don't. This isn't the place. Like this podcast specifically, it's not really the place to come to for like the breaking news, right? Because because yeah. the podcasts are weekly and, um, you know, there's daily podcasts that go over this stuff. Everything happens so um, quickly in this industry. You know, this isn't really the place to come for breaking news, um, even although this is kind of breaking as we are reading it. But it's more that, um, like I said at the start, this this company and the games that they have made and the values we thought they stood for have been a large part of um, minimap content, either incidentally or purposefully with, you know, games being featured on the, on the site. So it really feels really important to um, showcase and, and make note of all of that. Um, all of that's happened. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Jeremy, we did have a couple of small things that thought we could uh, have some interesting discussions about as well. Um, did you have the details for the PSVR leaks? Yeah, sure. So this is a this is a shorter one, um, lighter. Just like some information. Apparently, allegedly, mm. some information has come out about the new PlayStation VR system. Um, there's a video that goes into the leaks. Um, there's a bullet point list which I'm going to read. Um, it is referred to internally as NGVR by Sony, next-gen PSVR, not PSVR 2, which is fine, I guess. It's a pretty boring name. Um, it will use OLED screens, uh, 2K by 2K40 resolution per eye, which is a fair bit. Um, I want to say that's higher than the Quest, which is what I've, which is what I have. Yeah, it's not. I don't think it's by necessarily that much, but it's up there. Hmm. Which, like, I think for the most part, for consumer grade VR, um, the Quest is really good. Um, mm. So, like, I don't, I don't have an issue with that at all. It's actually like because hey. isn't isn't the per eye wasn't like it normally like nine hundred p or like ten eighty p in each eye? So it's more like ten. It's more like one thousand by one thousand pixels for each eye when VR was starting. Uh, I think when it started, it was like seven twenty. <laughs> yeah, right. So I this is say. actually quite a fair bit denser. Oh yeah, in terms absolutely. Of, um, pixels per eye <laughs> how many PPI. eyes do your pixels have <laughs> yeah uh hdr display yeah um that makes sense especially considering it's oled and also um hdr did you know that hdr adds next to no performance hit oh interesting almost yeah so it's, it's more like, just like the display tech has to be there and then you can implement it yeah yeah huh. a- a- apparently i could be i could be wrong that that's what i read once um 
Uh, field of view is 110 degrees. That makes sense. Um, uses scalable resolution in addition to foveated rendering, which is used in conjunction with eye tracking, both which aims to scale resolution based on based upon the user's concentrated view and reduces the screen on PS5 resources. So what that means is when you look left inside of your helmet, the screen's only going to mostly render the left-hand side of where you're looking and the surrounding areas. Uh, if anybody knows about game development, knows about occlusion, it's basically occlusion for a screen that is in front of your eyes, which is kind of nuts, um, that it can detect that while all inside a helmet. Um, you have to wonder if, like, if it's like rendering and unrendering certain things based on where your eyes are looking, like inside of your head, like glancing left, if there'll be like a trail of like low poly things going like behind, like where your eyes aren't looking, like the, the game's like upscaling and downscaling as you as you glance around this the space I, I reckon it's more of a resolution thing like the things that you're not looking at are going to be blurry like how in real life they're not going to yeah. like have like not going to have like like low level detail assets over <laughs> to the right hand side um, it's like when you're funny though again talking about PUBG when you when you fly into the map and it, it, it only gives you the low poly like squishy uh, buildings yeah <laughs> uh -huh, yeah um Haptics are planned for the headset itself to reduce motion sickness and improve immersion. I don't know what this means. Reduce motion um, sickness with haptics. I don't. I don't know how you can do that. Maybe it's like. I don't know. I actually don't. I. I don't know how you reduce motion sickness with haptics. Because the part of the thing with some people's motion sickness in VR is that like. They they don't feel what's happening. Like they're seeing something that isn't actually happening to them, right? And their brain f starts freaking out. Like if you're on an elevator is a really common example where you don't feel the inertia of being pushed up and then when the elevator stops, your body expects to feel the the weight and the forces change, but it doesn't. Yeah, and, which and is why... Really in, fuck with people. Which is why in games where you're flying or moving very fast, um, the moment you get put in a cockpit, you suddenly have a whole lot less motion sickness because you're, you're used to being inside of something and feeling a lot less of that motion. Yeah. Um. Un unlike if you were just being launched, um, which is fascinating. Um, so maybe it's maybe it's that like maybe they could provide more feedback to help trick your brain a bit more convincingly. I don't know. Maybe it might just be like the three D audio thing. It's like, yeah, we got it. <laughs> um, new controllers which don't have a name yet will be packaged with every new NGR, NGVR headset at launch. Yep, that's sure. that's great because the previous ones weren't. Well, they didn't have VR controllers. They had the Move controllers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, if they had VR controllers, you'd expect them to package it in. Mm. The fact package that they did last good. time was a, was a cost-saving thing. Question is, will it require the camera to operate the VR headset? Uh, get to the end of the list and we can talk about it. I, 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 don't think it, I don't think it will. I think because ages ago they said, when they announced that they were going to do another one, um, they, they, I believe they said um, inside-out tracking. Um, okay. Uh, controllers will include capacitive touch sensors, which are analog based and can track the distance between your fingers and your thumb. This is in addition to haptics and adaptive triggers, which have already been announced. Um, these are cool. I like. I have these on my on my uh, Quest controllers. Um, not not so much the distance between my fingers and my thumb, but the being able to rest my finger on a button as opposed to pressing it. Um, the game knows when that's happening, um, which is which is really neat. Um, so I want to move away from VR experiences and concentrate on AAA games with an aim to make hybrid games that are playable in both flat screen and VR. When those titles launch, you can even select which version you want to download. Um, cool. 
I guess. So that's that's sort of looking at the difference between Astrobot Rescue Mission and uh, Skyrim VR or uh, Resident Evil Seven. Yeah. Where those with Skyrim and Resident Evil, they are games you can play with your controller on the telly, or you can play them fully in VR. Although Skyrim, you need the different version, but still. Yes. Yeah, Skyrim is a different version of the game. Um. um yeah, like that—that's cool. I hope that I hope it doesn't inhibit like you know people wanting to make VR ass VR games, mm. um, because that would be a, a shame if they did do that. Yeah, um, like you wouldn't have Super Hot VR if it was just exactly, the original yeah. Super Hot. Um, Hopefully, what that means is like some games will just give you like a different perspective to put on the TV. That does increase like render like. Um, that is like a big render hit, though. So, like, it it depends. Yeah. Uh, nothing was mentioned regarding backwards compatibility for PlayStation VR One, but there is a push to remaster some PS VR One games. Um. Okay. <laughs> like. I, I, I. Yeah. I'd be very, very surprised if it wasn't backwards compatible because they can't afford to get rid of that catalog. There's not that many VR games. See, I would be surprised if it was backwards compatible. Oh, um, that would break my heart. Oh, but because of the... If it's inside-out tracking, how do they replicate the, the camera tracking of the first... Oh, you're right, Jeremy. The, the, there's too many things. There's, there's, there's too many differences between these two these two games. Um, and even things like, you know, Farpoint, for example. Like, you know, it's all about the lights. Um and frankly, some games tracked better than others. So I wonder how much of the API like was able to like whatever PlayStation VR API that, that, that Sony would give out to developers. I wonder how much they had to rebuild their own internal tracking systems or not. Because oh, some games absolutely tracked better than others. It never felt like it never felt consistent. No, no. Because at the end of the day, it was a webcam tracking glowing balls on the glowing orbs. Yeah. yeah. One of the few. Um, one of the few VR experiences that worked better with no lights on. Yes. Um, headset itself wasn't shown and release date wasn't mentioned, but planned launch, uh, but launch plans will be revealed in early 2022. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, like, I don't know, like, I, VR is in a really weird spot. Um, I was talking to you last night um, when we were playing games about how there's a rumor floating around that Valve is no longer um, committing to developing VR games anymore. Um, that reason being uh, they can't compete with Oculus and Facebook, um, which would be a, a big shame um, considering how good Half-Life Alex was. Um, and allegedly how good the Index is. Yes, right. Um, I think PlayStation VR was neat. Um I think the the general audience wasn't quite maybe ready for it yet on a PlayStation console, um, especially the price point. You know, don't get me wrong, it was the cheapest, but it still wasn't cheap. Yeah. Um, it was the cost of the console again. Yeah, yeah. Or it was the cost of a different console, um, which is where people's money would have gone more than like getting a, a, a PSVR. Yeah. Mm. Um, I think that this could be this this could be really cool but they need to put some serious like some serious development behind it um yeah. you know ma- make a 
you know, what would be their go-to thing? Like, what would be the absolute killer app for Sony on VR? You know, well, like, that's the thing. It's hard, right? Because you immediately start thinking of VR experiences. And if this leak is to be believed, they're not doing that anymore. They're oh, I was thinking the opposite. That. So you're, you're thinking, thinking like, what's the what's what the main Sony game that adapt? they can... Because, like, I, I start to think of, like, climbing in Uncharted a bit, you know? Oh, yeah. I think that could be cool, but that won't work as one that you can easily move between onto the telly to in... Like, yeah. that wouldn't work the same. Unless it was like Moss, you know, and you were you were like guiding Nate through this one level, and you and you you were just observing um, from like a distance, and then like that could be cool for like set pieces. But Uncharted very classically is a game that has you moving around so much. Like the set pieces are yeah. you're on a train and the train's going. Like how does that make mm. you feel in VR? Probably fucking weird. Um, <laughs> so. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how you. Every game they make is a fucking third person experience. I it don't is. Do, what like... do you do with that? Like open yeah, world horizon VR. Like what does that mean? <laughs> like that, that's, Ratchet. That's not it either. Yeah, Spider-Man. Ratchet. I thought Ratchet. Yeah, right. Like none of these le- PlayStation All Stars battle. Like none of this stuff really like connects with with VR. Yeah. Um, you know, like, for example, say this was Microsoft, you know, you look at it, and you go, oh, Halo. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's what you, or, that's, that, that's the answer. Or Bethesda now that they own them, because yeah, those games, totally. like Bethesda yeah. loves working on that stuff. They like putting their games on Switch. They like putting their games in VR. Yeah. yeah. PlayStation's not going to have that. No. They're also not going to have whatever Skyrim PSVR 2 version would exist yeah um yeah i i I honestly don't know like i guess do they just make a new ip like do you what can they bring out of retirement do they have a (laughs) resistance or kill zone maybe (laughs) that's what i was thinking the both of those are terrible options both of those are so really really bad options and astrobot now is bigger than vr on console is you know yeah that could be the most like transplantable because that team has made both versions of that game right yeah um but i don't know if they can build the one game that is transplantable to both experiences and you know like that i believe that team is not working on another astro game that's that's what they said i, I, I want to uh, say they're also hiring they people that they're hiring artists that can definitely it definitely sounds like they're hiring people who can work within the Astro art style. So, like, who knows what Asobi's doing? I hope, I hope it's Ape Escape. I hope it's no. Ape Escape. <laughs> no. yes. I really don't want yes. that game. Oh, that would be so good. It's not going to happen. That is not a Sony of today's move. Yes, it is. No, no it's, it's not. not. Um, no, it's not. No. <laughs> so, as, uh, Asobi are working on The Last of Us Remaster 2. Oh, no. Um... <laughs> Yeah, I I honestly don't know what you what you pick to to bring to VR that is like a big seller for this system because you know it's it's not going to be cheap. Um, that's the thing, and if they want something that's a a seller for VR but is also able to be played on a standard system without VR, then it needs to be it needs to be a surefire hit to pick up in or out of VR, and then. Who's going to buy it for? Who's going to buy the headset for it? 
Like, yeah, I don't know it's tricky. But the question, the thing that gets me is, I wonder if they if they say they're doubling down on those more um, universal experiences that can be played one way or the other, because they maybe saw more of success with Resident Evil Seven and with Skyrim VR, Fallout Four VR. Like, I wonder if those complete experiences are more actually just more enticing to the casual VR audience who are like, oh, I'll give that a go. Oh, I'd love to play a full game in this rather than the the games that we hear about as being part of in the industry, like Beat Saber and Superhot VR and Job Simulator, Vacation Simulator, you know, Gorn and stuff like that. Like, I wonder if those mainstream games that people already know and understand are like, oh, I'd love to do that in VR. I wonder if that just had more successful, like, like buying power than the rest did. I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting a, a vision, I'm getting a premonition. Okay, Jeremy, funnel there, it. What a, have you got? There, there's, there's a, I can see, I can see a man. He has uh, yellow spiky hair. Yellow spiky hair. He's in, he's in a suit. He's in a, he's in a suit, and he's President he's Bart Simpson. Ho- no, no, he's he's hosting it. He's got a big mouth. He's, Buzz, Buzz, Buzz in VR. Buzz, you want to do a trivia game in VR? Uh, no, the vision's fading. It's fading. There's, a, I'm getting another one. I'm getting another vision. PlayStation's first VR. Another man, muscular, big torso man. Uh huh. Red. Red, red, uh, red muscular man. Red, red clothes, loose, blonde hair. Red clothes, blonde hair. Dante. No, so Blasto. Blasto is going to be the PlayStation VR launch game. What is Blasto? They're going to bring back Blasto. What the fuck is that? I don't know Blasto. Um. Last I was third person shooter. From the <laughs> um, I'm getting one final premonition. Is it Parappa? The last one? No, it's not. That would be cool. It's not Parappa. <laughs> it's I. I. I see him. Uh-huh. It's another man. It's another man. There's lots so of men. Certainly, so only have men. <laughs> he's he's wearing he's wearing a coat and track pants. Coat and track he's pants. He's got shaved head. I'm oh. edgy. He's edgy. Oh, is he is he famous, he, Jeremy? Not quite. Maybe the opposite. <laughs> Maybe the opposite of famous. <laughs> he's infamous. He's <laughs> Cole McGrath is gonna be Do you remember when they when they brought out PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale and Evil Cole and Good Cole were two different characters? No, I don't. I didn't know that. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I uh, uh, also a third person action game. Yeah. <laughs> Although a bit of a shooter. That one's bit bit of a shooter. Oh, that. You know what? That could actually work with, really well with Infamous because Infamous's main combat was your your hands. Your hands <laughs> shooting shooting the bolts of lightning, and then you could like. If, depending on how good the haptics were in the hands, you could like because you had to like pull electricity out of generators, you. right? You could like to like pull. Maybe you have to like grip with all of your hands, like pointing at a generator, and then pull your hands back, and it like rumbles more and more and gives you like resistance on it. Like 
I could actually see resistance. that working the most. Resistance, resistance coming resistance. to me. I'm seeing another another man, a skull. Uh, <laughs> oh, right, I'm fun. gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna throw out three more properties, and you're gonna tell me if they work in VR. If they work in VR, okay. Jack and Daxter. Only in a moss slash super lucky tail fashion. Okay. Um, Gravity Rush. Fuck no. So I, I, I had to think of the name. No. No? No? No, because that's all about the world turning upside down. You want to do that in VR? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you want to <laughs> vomit? Want um, Tearaway. Similar to Moss, Super Lucky's Tale, like an observing the games, game space, I think that could work really yeah, well. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Tearaway they don't have any fucking first person anythings anymore. Not really. They had Killzone no. and they had Resistance and they both of those petered out. Yep. I mean, who, who was Resistance? That was Insomniac. Yeah, and Killzone was Gorilla. Yeah, and they're all they're both making third person open world games now. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh dear. So yeah, I, I think you're right. Maybe a new IP is the best way to go for them for that <laughs> kind of deal. Um I hope they find something that is exciting and engaging. I hope they do, but I Deep Down, it's finally coming. It's a PlayStation VR two. Capcom's deep down working title. Uh-huh. Yeah, see Not that's dead. the thing. Those first person Western RPGs work so well in this. Yeah. Like Yeah, it's true. Like Outer Worlds would work great. Or or Avowed. Or the next or or Starfield. But it's not it's not gonna happen. Yeah, I know. Microsoft yep. owns all of them. And I was thinking about the other larger PS4 games. A lot of them are studios that don't really work close with Sony anymore. Um like the people that made Until Dawn. Yep. Um you know, there was like, you know, we're not going to see Fumitu Ueda's new game, a launch game for the fucking PlayStation VR. Um, you know, and the people that made Days Gone, you know, they're not ma- making a new game anymore. Oh, yeah, they got um, relegated. I think they are. I think they, they got put on support for Naughty Dog and then they were like, look, we want to do something else. And they got, they got, they've been given enough rope to go do that again now. Um, and, you know, I... I don't want to hear what David Cage is going to make. So, like... (laughs) (laughs) Courtroom simulator. (laughs) Yeah. Learn how to throw tantrums in official court proceedings. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's exciting. I'm impressed by those hardware specifications. I think the controllers sound exciting. Haptics in the headset could go either way. Um, It's still not wireless. Yeah, still not wireless. It's like, look, they've said it's one USB three cable, sorry, USB C cable, but like, okay, still not wireless. Man, that's a shame. It's a shame, but if they can create something that is the biggest thing that PlayStation VR ever had going for it was its price. And I know, like we already said, mm. it wasn't cheap. VR isn't cheap, but in comparison only to the Quest, which is difficult to find in Australia. It's the cheapest thing. It's the cheapest VR headset. It's the most accessible. PlayStation VR also had, for a long time, the most comfortable headset. That's true. 
the headsets at the time, they were uncomfortable to wear. They were heavy and bulky. PSVR was really well-weighted and Mm -hmm. far easier to put on, I will say. Customizable, could fit glasses, adjustable at the time. Absolutely. No, you're totally right there. Um, and they had the they had the like inline microphone thing on the cable. Mm. You could turn the PlayStation on from the cable as well. With the you could just put on the headset and turn it on from your hand. Like, could you? Yeah, on the on the inline controls, right where you plug in the headset, it's got a power button. No, no that, that power button's to turn on the breakout the breakout box. <laughs> that had to be. Are you fucking kidding me? All right, never mind. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because that had to be powered externally, um, and. Uh, had to be turned on externally as well. Oh, um, right. Also, that okay, thing fucking mind. sucks. That that breakout box. I, I've I've taken mine apart so many times because the fan, like, it just comes loose and it just whacks the plastic. <laughs> and, like, and you know, PS PS Four is loud. This thing is fucking loud. It's yeah. awful. Oh well. Um, I think that'll about do us for the week. But yeah, like I said, I'm excited by the hardware specifications of that system. I think that yeah. I think they've they've invested enough in the hardware because PS PSVR was underpowered. Um, this one sounds enticing. Yeah. Uh, well, that's about it, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Um, we'll be back next week uh, with returning cast member, cast member, uh, podcast panel member. What what are we, Jeremy? Gamers, Kerry. <laughs> Returning gamer, June Williams. Oh, they're going to hate that. <laughs> oh, they're going to hate that. It's fine. Sorry, I, don't think they, podcast. I don't think they listen to the episodes. They're not on. We're fine. We're, we're safe. <laughs> Are you going to break this out for Twitter? <laughs> um, Maybe. Uh, but yeah, aside from that, there's not much else to say this week, except you can find all of our stuff on minimap.com.au. Uh, as well as on Twitter, uh, if you want to find notifications about when we go live, when the next episodes go live, you can follow the Minimap Twitter account at MinimapAU. You can follow me on Twitter at KJPalmer underscore 24. Uh, Jeremy, what can they do with you on Twitter? <laughs> they can follow me. They can reply to me. They can interact with uh-huh. me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why did you ask it like that? <laughs> I don't really know. I think the sour gummy worms are going straight to the brain. At Obi-Wan Joe. <laughs> It's worms. Um, and, uh, well, good. At Obi-Wan Jez, good. And then what are the other things I say? Uh, you can also go to patreon.com slash minimapau to support the show monetarily if you decide to. Um, we'll be back in a week. Uh, we'll have played some more games. Hopefully we'll have some news to talk about that isn't absolutely depressing, but you'll never know. And uh, until then, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. I sent you a blaster.